Welcome everyone to Ian Hates Conversations. My name is Ian, and right now on the phone, I have Mikey of Heaven's Sake. Mikey, man, how are you doing? What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. We were talking a little bit, you know, off air while you were driving to practice. So you have practice tonight? Yes, I'm actually parked right out front right now. The boys are jamming. Um, I'm just chilling out in the car talking to you. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not keeping you from too much, right? Nah, nah, we good. Usually okay. I show, I, I left work a little early today specifically, so we can do this. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be able to do a couple sets in before, uh, you know, we got to shut it down. Very cool. Well, please tell me and, you know, the audience, what is your practice schedule normally like? Uh, so, well, just recently we, well, usually it's Mondays and Wednesdays we do practice uh, when we're all off work and stuff. Uh, we practice at our bassist house. He's uh, he's a stay at home dad. Um, we have like a whole like setup in his basement, and uh, basically our like practice setup is we all plug in to like the computer and we listen through headphones to like all the amps and like the mics and stuff, ah. and it's like relatively like quiet. Oh, okay, all right. Now I think a few months ago, maybe even a little bit more than a few. The first time I got to see you was at a house show in Boston, and yes. was it your bassist who had just had a baby? Was that how recent that was? Yeah, yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure that it was that recent. Uh, yeah, that was like really crazy because uh, I didn't know you were coming. I wasn't at that time. I wasn't running the Twitter account, but apparently you were going back and forth with our drummer. Yes, and yeah. he like turned over to me. He's like. Yeah, so I've been talking to this dude that has a podcast, and uh, I think he's come to the show tonight. But <laughs> you were like one of the first people there. Oh yeah, because I actually know the guy who runs the whole thing. Was it Jason? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know Jason. Yeah, Jason's the man. Yeah, of course. Oh, boy. great guy, great photographer as well. But yeah, it was really funny because we had started talking over Twitter when I had heard of Deforme. And didn't really know a whole lot of the band besides that EP. And we started talking on Twitter. And then all of a sudden, I saw an announcement. Like, Jason didn't even tell me about it. I just saw the announcement that you guys were going to be playing a house show. And it turned out to be his house show. And that way, I got wow. to see you guys. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird coincidence. But let me ask you. So how do you like playing those type of house shows? Because I actually really enjoyed that one. Oh, uh, dude, I love it. Um I love the intimate setting, how it's like a party set up, like everyone just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, that was actually our second time playing at that house. So me, me and Jason are like becoming friends, you know what I mean? Like, and I think we're doing a third. Oh, wait, no. We are coming back to Boston, but we're not coming back there. Oh, okay. Do you know with the Boston one, is it going to be a house show or is it just going to be a club show somewhere? I'm not sure. I'm not booking the gig and it hasn't been announced yet, oh, okay. but we are sure. coming back to Boston in May. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know, at least for people around here. So I know also you have a show. Now, this will come out after Post Chroma comes out. And we're going to get to that a lot in a little bit. But you also have a show tomorrow. Is that with Varsity as well? Yeah, we're playing at the Fire in Philly uh, with Varsity, uh, Glass Hands, and Levels. Very cool. Yeah. How do you set up a date like that? Because obviously you and Varsity are very different bands. How do you decide on what shows you're going to play? Because obviously too, or maybe not obviously to some people, but when you did the house show that I went to, you were with Makeshift and Actor Observer as well. Right. Uh, the show that we're playing uh, on Friday 
we actually got hit up by their booking agent. Uh, I guess they were just looking for local support. Sure. And uh, we said we'd do the show. It seemed legit. And we checked out the bands and they all seemed really awesome. Yeah. And like for like, so we uh, met Actor Observer at a like uh, fire hall type of show. Sure. And we thought those boys were awesome. We were chilling with them the whole time. And then uh, we just stayed in touch. They invited us back. And that was like a different like type of setup because I do all the booking for the band. Okay. So like now that like we're growing, we're playing more shows out of state, we're mm-hmm. becoming friends with other bands and other people. It's more of like a, I, I scratch, you set up a show for me, I set up a show for you type of deal. Yeah. That completely makes sense. And I think the big thing besides that show on Friday is the release date for Post Chroma as well. But right now, how are you feeling about it coming out so close? I'm so incredibly pumped for it. There's yeah. actually like tons of awesome bands that are releasing music that same day. I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. I know uh, Sleepin', uh, they're dropping their LP. Uh, there's a Virginia band called Unturned. They're like pop oh, punk. They're I know fucking yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. You know those guys? Yeah, we're going to be talking about their album as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been jamming them. They're fucking sick. And then uh, uh, there's a, I think they're South Jersey, this band called Median. They're dropping their new single. Oh. And I'm just stoked to hear all this new music that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, Fridays are a really great time, obviously, to pick up on a lot of new music. I would imagine knowing that your EP is out has got to be pretty damn exciting as well. So now, do you have any expectations for when it drops? What do you guys expect when people finally get to hear it? Are you talking about like how much it's going to be streamed or? Yeah, I mean, or do you expect more shows to come around? Do you think people are finally going to catch on to what you guys have been doing? I think so, actually. I think a lot of people are backing us right now. We've been making a lot of friends with a lot of other bands who've Mm -hmm. been like reposting our stuff. Nick Brzezzi, who recorded our, that that recorded the EP, he's from Man Overboard. He's been pushing it hard we've this this time around we've been working with a media company who's been pushing us to different blogs and stuff this is the first time like we did a release where we have press that's yep. like putting stuff out we're doing interviews we're we're just getting the word out and i think it's going to be a lot so when we released the format mm-hmm. we thought uh, a lot of people were going to like love it and like that was going to blow up because sure. we had craig owens behind it the whole time um it wasn't really the case but we put a lot more work into like the business aspect behind this album yeah and that is really interesting because i like deforme a lot and i like post chroma a lot like you've made two really great eps but it's so weird in the music industry what catches on and what doesn't definitely yeah i we didn't do much to to like push the the first ep Gotcha. Uh, which uh, out of the two EPs did you like more? So that one's a very difficult question because, and we're going to talk a little bit about the differences for sure. So with Deforme, I heard a lot more post-hardcore, where in post-chroma, I hear a little bit more pop-punk. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. I think uh, my vocals are a little more aggressive on post-chroma, yes, but it definitely sure. has more of a pop feel to it. Exactly. And to me, I like both of those styles. I would say as a genre, Screamo, believe it or not, Screamo and post-hardcore are probably my favorites of all time. I I tend to really gravitate towards those, but I've enjoyed everything you guys have done. 
which to me is very impressive because I don't always have that happen. Wow, thank you. That means a lot. Absolutely, man. And then seeing you guys live, you guys have a lot of energy. You pull off what you're actually singing and doing on the EPs as well. So when you're, you know, you're doing practice right now for post chroma, I'm sure when you go out and you play those, are you going to be able to pull off everything that you do on that EP live as well? Great question. Uh, so when we first started adding, so, cause we have added like bleach and, uh, gotta leave everyone to the set sure and bleach was really hard to pull off at first oh, but okay. um i do the majority of my practicing like vocals in my car just driving to and from like work and practice and stuff sure finally locked it down skeeter our bassist who does backup vocals mm-hmm. he covers a lot of like the end lines of stuff so i right. can come in take a deep breath and yes. come in strong for like courses exactly but yeah, we're we're pulling it off. The the one that I'm having a really tough time uh, nailing down right now because we're trying to add uh, our third single, which is the music video for that's also dropping on Friday oh. with the album. Okay, that's called After Color. Oh sure. And yeah, the the courses on that are insanely high, yeah. and I'm trying really hard to nail that for live performance. Gotcha. So what goes into that? I mean, obviously, being the vocalist, besides practicing in your car, is there anything that you do vocal exercise-wise or, I don't know, doing throat coat tea or anything like that? Does that help you at all? Well, I'm kind of self-taught. I uh, I used to, in my old band, my old producer slash manager, his name's Mark Frey. He was uh, the lead singer of a band called, two bands called uh, Riding Bike and the hero from a thousand paces oh, okay. i don't know if you remember those bands i unfortunately don't but i will be looking them up now they're hard to find i think they're on pandora if you if, oh okay. like you dig deep enough yeah i don't even know if pandora exists anymore but uh, <laughs> that's the last place i remember finding them gotcha. they were like pretty big in in our area back in the day but he taught me how to sing a little bit and then uh he told me to watch a bunch of uh dvds from uh this like vocal guru called uh melissa cross yes have you heard of her oh absolutely actually a lot of people who are on the show talk about her and then i also have those dvds as well yeah i uh i've watched them a million times i used to drive around and uh do all the exercises and then uh i got a little more training from craig owens when we recorded in michigan with him and he gave me more exercises and some tips very cool He's just basically like, dude, just go for it. Like, just hit those notes. Don't be a bitch. That's this right. type of shit he would say to me. Well, before we go more into that, how did you guys even meet Craig Owens in the first place? Okay, so um, I used to be in a band with uh, this girl. Her name was, uh, her name was, uh, her name's Amanda Hearns. Okay. Extremely talented. Like, mm-hmm. she was really good. And uh, she ended up reaching out to him and they did a project together ah. and then years go by uh we just put out our first ep which was before deforme but we actually ended up taking that off our spotify it's called house arrest oh okay. and all right we were ready to record some new tunes and uh i see craig we were, we were like looking for a new place to record at but i saw craig post on facebook saying uh looking to do a project like hit me up i'm like yo fuck it i'm gonna hit this dude up like if amanda could do it like i can do it like whatever what's the worst that happened he doesn't hit me back sure reached out to him i sent him the first dp and we just kept going back and forth and um 
we all took off work. We drove out to Michigan, had a great time, learned a lot from Craig, and it was awesome. Very cool. Now, going back to that first EP, I didn't even see that on Bandcamp. Is there any way, like, anyone can get that? Um, It should be on our YouTube channel. Okay. Man, I, I checked every place except for YouTube because I was watching the new music videos on YouTube. So I didn't even think to check for a previous EP that I didn't know about. Yeah, if you dig hard enough, you'll find it. It's called House Arrest. Uh, you'll say it. Was there a reason why you wanted? Like, are you embarrassed by it? Do you not stand by that music anymore? Well, two of the members that aren't currently in the band were on it. And okay. compared to everything else, it just doesn't really sound like heaven's sake. So we just made that decision that, like, the Forme was, like, the initial, like, this is the lineup. You know what I mean? Right. Now, you had, at least on Spotify it says there's an actual two-song set or something that came out before Deforme. That is you, though, right? Yes, that was, like, uh, same era as, like, House Arrest. Uh, we kept those up. We like those songs. Uh, actually, we recorded those, like, the week before we ended up going out to record with Craig. But those songs are really old, too. We just, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't take them off, but they're for the fans, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I get it, but I think that's why I kind of wanted to know because normally I'm aware of that when it happens and I just completely missed it. So now I have something, again, to go listen to. What type of music was it that you kind of didn't feel like it was your sound anymore? I think it's just lower production. We we really stepped it up with Craig and then we mm -hmm. took it a step further with Nick and Ace. Okay. So it it wasn't really comparable and... To be honest, like if someone's like checking us out and just wants to put on a random song, we don't want to like turn people away from like our by listening to our old stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. we just want to give people the straight bangers. That totally makes sense. So you mentioned Ace as well, and I was going to ask you about that. So Ace from the early November, you actually worked with him and Nick then. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Ace was there for two of the days. Oh, he, uh, he helped us uh, produce some of the songs, and then. Uh, he was actually going on tour with the early November, so right. he had to take off the rest of the week. Ah, I see. Well, was it different working? Like, do each of them have different styles? Was it good that Nick was the one that stuck around, or were they working cohesively while they were there? Well, it's it's a cool setup what they have over at Lumberyard. Like, mm -hmm. everyone's doing something different in each room, and then ah. they all send the files, like, into a cloud to each other once, like, someone wraps something up. It's really sweet. Oh, but yeah. Ev everyone's got their own different styles. Like Ace, he's more blunt and intense and isn't afraid to speak his mind. Nick's kind of the same way. He's more goofy. Um, I, I, I worked with Nick the whole time and he was amazing to work with. And I am like one of the biggest man overboard fans. Like I remember back in the day, like when they dropped love your friends, die laughing as like their first single mm -hmm. from uh, hung up on nothing on their MySpace, Like, I was like, yo, these guys are awesome. And I'd like drive like an hour from my house, like by myself to like go to like a basement show to like go see them. Ah, okay. So get, getting to work with him was like kind of like, I don't know, a little bit starstruck, but like <laughs> at the same time, like he's the bull, you know what I mean? Right. No, no, for sure. So is that why you knew you wanted to go to Lumberyard was for that specific reason or were there other reasons as well? Well, my big pitch that I wanted to go to Lumberyard specifically to work with Nick and Ace, mm -hmm. um, but I had to pitch it to the band because we didn't know where we wanted to record. 
Right. The band really wanted to go back out and record with Craig again. Oh, okay. But like with all of our schedules and stuff, we couldn't take off work because we were also trying to um, play a bunch of weekenders towards the end of the year. Sure. So I'm like, you know, we can't take off all these days like to play shows and do the recording. So let's just do something local. Ah, okay. But um, I don't know if you noticed with the EP, but like we're heavy with like the harmonies. Like me and yes. Peter, we, me and him are like, we do a lot of parts together and man overboard like i love them specifically because of their like amazing harmonies so yeah, yeah, yeah. um i'm like yo we got to work with these guys they're going to make our lyrics and our courses pop For and sure. i'm super stoked with how everything came out yeah it's really great like i think i noticed and correct me if i'm wrong here but it seemed like in deforme skeeter was coming over the top with a little bit more of the screaming kind of backup vocals and it wasn't as much harmonized as this one, where when he's coming in, I don't hear as much of the screaming aspect. I almost hear that more from you, but in a different style. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I had videos of uh, Craig in the studio with Skeeter because he he was just like, come on, scream that part. Like, <laughs> he's like, it's going to be really dope. It's going to be like a brand new part that's going to be buried in the back. Yeah. And, uh, and then, then working with like, uh, Nick and Ace, they were like coming up with like all these like just beautifully sound like harmonies where I don't know, you can hear it like in uh Did I Leave Everyone? Yes. It's like Rainfall. Oh yeah. It's just like that that was an ace part, like that oh, part was okay. sick. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, it's a really, really great EP. That's why I was really happy when you guys sent it over to know that there was no drop off from the last EP. It was just like straight ahead. Every single track is just really, really good. So I, I very much appreciate that. So the easy answer is it might be a money thing, but I do want to ask, so what was the reason for doing another EP and not going for a full length? Well, we were trying to get hooked up with a label. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of it had to do with funding for it. Right. Um, we just didn't have the money and we were reach we recorded like these five songs as a demo and we pitched it to a bunch of labels and we were basically like hey this is what we got so far if you can help us we can do an lp mm -hmm. and honestly we we had a couple offers but we went through with the contract and we just weren't about it so sure. we just decided to, to release everything on our own and just put out an ep for what we could afford no, and it makes total sense. Actually, it seemed like, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but it seems like you put a fair amount of money into the music videos for Post Chroma as well. Well, actually, yeah, with that. So did you watch our music video for Bet It On Black off the format? Yes, I did. So the production value with that's insane. And I thought that came out really good. Yeah, it did. But that that like was really expensive. And I don't want to give the numbers, but basically the music, the, the videos that we did three music videos for the new album mm -hmm. and it's half as much for all three of those wow than it was for the one music video Ooh, yeah man. and i think that the new music videos came out great yeah me too that's why i that's why i said i would have expected a fair amount of money to be put into those three separate videos because they are really well done they're well produced everything looks really great on them so you're saying those were less all three of them less than half a bet wow yep shout out to the boy uh kurt fowles over at serious cinema he really hooked it up for us and we're super stoked with how it all came out 
Absolutely. So how did you decide in Post Chrome, obviously there are five tracks, how did you decide on the three that you wanted to make music videos for? Um, well, Bleach was all of our favorite. We're like, this is definitely the, the strongest track on the album. Gotcha. Um, the other ones we just decided on because uh, it's kind of the lyrics tied in with uh, the artwork of the album yeah. and it all just kind of seemed cohesive. So, and the songs are also very strong too. So true. Well, there's not, and I mean, it's my opinion, I guess, but I don't think there's a weak song on the EP. So that's why I was kind of just seeing why those three, but those are three great tracks. So that does make sense. So let me ask you about the music videos a little bit. So with bleach, especially, obviously there's a theme that goes throughout that entire music video and in the song itself. So that note that is passed around, how did you guys decide on that line being in that note? Uh, you are not worthless. Yes. Basically, there's this message of uh, you can be the help to someone else. Right. Everyone gets a note from someone else that says you are not worthless, and it helps them be able to, you know, take a step off from the, the edge of the cliff. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So the question is just, it's more like, because I like that message. But did you guys go through what could be on that note and how'd you how'd you end up on You Are Not Worthless? Um, I mean, we have like a group chat where we just like we send all of our ideas through the gauntlet and everyone disagrees on everything all the time. <laughs> I think that one was just thrown out and we all just agreed on it. Oh, okay. So it was a you know, it was a democratic vote then. Yeah, that's how we do most things. Gotcha. Okay. And that makes sense because you have five people in the band, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the next music video that I've been able to see, you know, as of this recording. So you've got, did I leave everyone or did everyone leave me? On that one, you guys aren't even in the music video whatsoever. And it focuses on the woman who's painting a picture and, you know, destroying the area when she can't find the picture that she wants. Now, I know that fits into the lyrics, but how did you guys decide that you didn't even want to be in the music video? We, we just wanted to do a story. Uh, I mean... We just want to change it up. You know what I mean? Sure. The funny thing with that music video is if you like look closely at, actually it's with all of our music videos, we put Easter eggs in like in the background of that music video, you could see the painting of our, you know, the, the two singles you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, the artwork for that. There's uh, the guy, you know, the guy drowning. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That painting's in the background of that music video. Very cool. Also, the, the new music video hasn't dropped yet for After Color. Right. But uh, there's a whole thing in that music video with a girl wearing a mask. And you can see that mask in the background of uh, uh, Did I Leave Everyone music video. Oh, okay. All right. I like it when bands do that. That means you're putting in even extra thought into your art and everything. I, I enjoy that a lot. Oh, definitely. So what about, and I was wondering if this was an Easter egg now, now that you've said it, the final portrait the final painting that's in that music video how did you guys decide on that we didn't really decide on it like for a particular reason it just matched the the lyrical content of the song you sure. know what i mean okay it's like uh the chorus goes would you expect not to go mental uh if i could paint you a picture so perfect you won't look away right. but it's just black and gray all the colors washed away and that's just basically what it was so did someone actually do that? Did someone in the band do that picture? And you were like, yeah, that works. Or did someone else do it? And you were like, yes, we need that. 
um, our guitarist Pat's girlfriend painted that picture specifically for the music video. Ah, very cool. Yeah. I like what you guys are doing. It's it's very rare. Like I will always watch a music video when it comes out, especially when a band puts out a single. But I'm not always as connected because sometimes they're very similar to other videos. You know, especially if you're listening to similar genres of music that just kind of, it kind of bleeds in together, but you guys have always stood out of having those specific music videos. that are telling a story and they're innovative and they're different. So I very much appreciate that. Thank you very much. Actually, Nick from man overboard said the same exact thing. He said, people are going to like us because we have dope music videos. Yeah. I mean, I know not everyone checks out music videos and I'm sure that's always kind of a debate of, you know, what you're going to put more money into, but it really does mean something when you put the thought into the music video. That's the whole point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Skeeter, our bassist, he's, he does a lot of the brainstorm for the music videos and Mm -hmm. he collaborated with Kurt to really like bring our visions to life. So I think they did a great job together. Absolutely. How long would you say, is there an average length of time that takes you to put together one music video, let's say? probably like a month wow okay we book the dates and then we just like scramble to get the ideas the props like everything we need together try to find an actress or an actor you know what i mean yeah so when was post chroma completely done have you been sitting on it for a while oh yeah um we recorded it in september so it's Ah. finally about to drop now yeah wow okay so yeah it has it has actually been a while okay so I've seen a couple reviews because like you said, you kind of put it out there a little bit, you know, for press and everything for people to get the word out there. So one of the things I've seen from people is you're part of the quote unquote emo revival. When, when you hear that, do you like that statement or would you rather just not go by a genre altogether? I like it. I mean, all of us listen to like the old school emo bands and stuff, Mm -hmm. so and it just makes sense. I feel like that's like is like our sound. Like we fit more in with like those type of bands than like the new like soft grunge pop punk style bands. Like sure. we kind of do, but like I think it's more of like the senses fail or armor for sleep type sounding type yeah, of bands. For sure. Yeah, that kind of post hardcore emo like in that realm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that completely makes sense to me. And one of the things I've also liked about what you guys have put out is it really does have that old school feel to it as well. Is there anything that you try to pull off to make it feel like that? Or is that just kind of a natural thing? I think it's just a natural thing. Yeah. The the band tries to fight against being like typical pop punk. Right. So I think that this is just like the product of like trying not to sound like a lot of like the pop punk bands that are coming out today. Sure. Are there bands that you don't want to sound like specifically? Like, are you, are you really just trying to stay away from those main genres of, you know, quote unquote, new school pop punk? Uh, I don't resist it at all. I'm a huge pop punk fan. Ah, okay. Real friends is probably like one of my favorite bands of all time. Nice. Like Real Friends, Man Overboard, mm-hmm. Story So Far. Yeah. No, no, they're, they are really, really great standouts for, you know, around this time as well. So what about the influences for the band then when you mentioned like old school emo? When did you guys kind of get together and decide that this is what you wanted your sound to be? 
Uh, we specifically had a meeting one night where we were deciding like the future of the sound of the band. And we kind of landed on the whole, like deforme sounds like this and we need to keep pushing it forward to sound like this. So we need to just start like identifying us more as a post hardcore band rather than like a pop punk band. Okay. But I think the post hardcore goes hand in hand with the emo revival. It does. It does. I would certainly agree with that as well. But yeah, there are definitely elements in post-chroma of pop-punk. But yeah, there's still a good amount of emo for sure and post-hardcore as well. You've made a good blend of it. It's crazy. A lot of people are like reviewing and listening to the album. And they're like hitting us up saying, hey, awesome pop-punk record. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, I mean, whatever. Like we're somewhere within that whole, all those bands. Yeah. Very true. No, for sure. Now, do you let that skew the way you write lyrics? Like, obviously, you know, when I when I think of your music, you know, it's sometimes depressing. I mean, I now the music that you gave me when you sent it, what is going to be the actual first track on the EP? First track is After Color. Okay. So it actually, see, sometimes when I get the advances, they're all mixed up. So I don't see what's actually first. So for After Color, and this is what I want to bring up, the first words you hear on the CP is, I don't think you're capable of originality or a personality. And that's a pretty hard-hitting, harsh thing to say right off the bat. So are you going, like when you're writing, are you writing to write in an emo, post-hardcore mood? Or are you just writing from your experience? Uh, straight experiences. Okay. Obviously, that line I'm telling someone I hate them. <laughs> exactly, but in a in a very cool and very biting way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I don't, I don't think about that stuff. I, you know, if it feels right, I keep going with it. If I'm working out a part at practice or whatever, mm -hmm. and I, I'm just like not feeling it, I'm gonna scrap it. Okay. What is your writing process like then? Are you completely in charge of all the lyrics? And then when do you actually start writing? So Pat comes to the table with a lot of skeleton songs. And then me and him will do some uh, private sessions together. Okay. Then uh, we'll bring it to the band. It gets thrown through the gauntlet. And then eventually like something completely different will come out. Then you go to the studio. The producers hear it. And then the song's a whole other song, so ah, sure. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I, I want I want to send you like all the demos of like the original recordings oh, we had. I would love that because like Bleach, for instance, like had a completely different chorus, which oh, wow. was actually the verse huh. of the new version. So wow, that's all right. So it is a very collaborative process then between the band and the producers as well. So how do you work that out lyric-wise? Do you have to make up things on the spot sometimes to fit in? Or do you already have extra lyrics that you know you can place in if needed? Um, well, from my experience with these past two EPs, there wasn't too many lyrics that had to get cut after it being thrown through the gauntlet but there are parts that did have to get cut um we had to do it on the spot but it wasn't anything crazy and the lyrics we, we were happy with how the lyrics turned out yeah no like i said they can be very biting at times i mean i like your wordplay i i was a big fan of going through and picking out certain things because you've made a very not only a melodic album but a very catchy one as well. So there are parts that people are going to be able to sing back to you 
And I think that's always great, especially for a relatively newer band who's going to be playing a lot of shows. That's got to work out very well for you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really hoping people really like it. Yeah. And now, because you're singing about, you know, real life stuff, you're singing about things that can often be, it can be seen as depressing, it can be a little bit tough sometimes. Is it a cathartic experience for you to sing those every night? Or does it get you down because you have to get into that headspace? Well, now I just get hyped on the songs. Like, I get really stoked to play anything that's new live. Um, It's not like it triggers old memories or anything. Ah, okay. So it's really the song itself is its own entity, and it really doesn't bring along any of the baggage that might have been there when it was originally written. Yeah. Okay. I think the song that was the most depressing for me to write uh, was Bleach. That one um, I was in a really dark place for. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm great now. I am fantastic now. But that that song was like I was in a really bad place. I'd imagine so. I mean, the message of that song is good. Obviously, you know, in the music video. But yeah, it's dealing with very harsh and very real topics of suicide and you know, I it's sound you know, substance abuse and whatever you want to put into there as well. But yeah, that's got to be a little tougher. So now you can put that behind you, though. And when you're singing it, that doesn't bring you back to that place. No, not at all. Okay. When did you start playing Bleach live? I think we've only played it live twice so far. And it was over like the past two months. Okay. Did anyone come up and talk to you afterwards about it? Um, No one specifically, but people came up and said like, Oh, dude, love the new song. Oh, okay. All right. Because I wonder... You know, I've, I've seen it with other bands as well when people really get to dive into the lyrics and, you know, songs like this become their favorite off of an EP. You might get the people that come up and share their own personal stories with you of going through similar things or having friends that maybe they didn't reach in time. And I just was wondering if that had happened to you before. That's mostly through, um, I get a lot of uh, DMs through Instagram. A lot of people like message me about like their connections with the songs. I haven't experienced it too much from a, uh, like an actual show yet, though. I'd imagine you might. I mean, it, it's got to be a weird feeling for that to happen. But I would imagine now coming up, especially with Post Chroma, you know, by the time this is out, it will be out as well. You might end up getting that. I, I just really hope people connect with the music and they can feel like they're not alone and whatever they're going through. Absolutely. Now, coming up on tour, would you do post-chroma front to back if you could? We're trying, yeah, we're trying to work towards doing that uh, eventually. Um, The next song that we're going to introduce is After Color, and then after that, the other two songs will make their way. But for now, we're still rocking some uh, deforme for the live set. Okay, all right, very cool. No, I mean, look, I'm a fan. So I hope I get to hear that when you're up in May as well. But I also like the new EP a lot. So yeah, I wasn't sure when a new EP comes out or when you do a concept album or something like that. I know people like to play them if possible. Would you ever do a concept album? Absolutely. What we were trying to do with this EP, or at least like as far as lyrics, artwork, was trying to do like the What to Do When You're Dead by uh, Armor for Sleep. Sure. Yeah, yeah how like everything like kind of tied in with the artwork, Mm -hmm. but I would totally be down to do uh, a concept album. I think they're so dope. Oh yeah. Do you have any, and believe me, I noticed especially uh, there were definitely connections between, you know, the artwork and the music. So I definitely picked up on that. 
is there any specific like idea that you have that you're thinking about for a concept album? Not at the moment. Okay. I, I feel like it, it has to be thrown through the gauntlet of the band and uh, sure. everyone's gonna it's it's hard, you know what I mean? Right. No, I can I can totally understand that. So talking about post chroma, just going into another thing, you had talked about speaking with labels before as well. Is this something that you'll be shopping around? Is the goal to be signed by a label or do you guys enjoy being a DIY band? Well, we do want to get signed by a label eventually if it can help us get to a bigger audience and, um, you know, do things like fund, like full tours, like be able to pay for our own booking agents, like to take like a lot of like the businessy stuff off our hands. Sure. But right for now, uh, we're just going to vibe out how, um, how this EP goes. And this might even be the push for us to be put on some of these labels radars. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, Mikey, I know you have band practice to go to, but I did want to ask you, so besides music, obviously you've got another job, but is there anything, you know, TV, movie, books, is there anything that inspires you outside of music that you enjoy? (laughs) Yeah, um, I listen to a lot of trap music. (laughs) Uh, That's in my go-to jams. Okay. when I was really depressed, I was listening to a lot of Trippy Red, uh, Takashi Six Nine. It's funny when I was in the studio, my hair was all dyed like a crazy like aqua color, and <laughs> Nick Brzezzi would just go, "All right, Takashi, get in there." <laughs> I would not have expected you to say that at all. Oh yeah, no, I'm so into it. I'm like very up on what's going on in the trap scene right now. <laughs> Can we expect a side project from you at any point? Uh, <laughs> it's a total possibility <laughs> i would love to do a, a side track project that would be hilarious oh, actually um you could be expecting a podcast coming out soon uh with my buddy jose from the band your persona we're setting it up in my basement and ah, okay. uh that's one project we're working on and another project we're doing is uh i don't know if you've heard but like warp tours coming to atlantic city this year and that's like right near us so you're going to be trying to get on that? We're not trying to get on it. We're going to we're gonna go to it, and we're basically reaching out to a bunch of bands along the East Coast, and we're going to have them throw us money to put their uh, music on a CD, and we're going to be passing out like East Coast compilation CDs oh. out at the Warp Tour to try to promote cross-promote all the bands like that we're friends with or in the area. Very cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to be down there too, so I'll definitely have to hit you up when I'm down there. Yeah, man. I'm from Ocean City, New Jersey, so I'm going to be crashing at my mom's house if you need a place to stay. (laughs) There we go. No, I mean, with those uh, casino hotel rooms, who knows? That is very true. Oh, hell yeah. You can bet (laughs) on black, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mikey. I think that is a great place to end. So we are going to have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow everything Heaven's Sake is doing on social media, you know, with touring, with obviously getting post-chroma because I'm hoping everyone will pick that up. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you? Uh, Best way to support us is come see us when we're in your area, share us, tag us on anything, on Twitter, Instagram, stream us, add us to a playlist. All that stuff really helps us out and uh, really helps us grow and move forward as a band. Absolutely, man. And I'm going to say it again. I hope everyone streams and picks up Post Chroma. 
and also listen to Deforme as well. They are two amazing EPs. I really love Post Chroma, and I really also love Deforme. So I'm hoping people really go out there and support you guys because you definitely deserve it. And man, all the best. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. I had a great time.